Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show to ease your expat overwhelm and be inspired by other newcomers' stories. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow expats and share their unique challenges, triumphs and revelations as they build their new lives here. It's great to have you. In this episode, my guest is the wonderful Ashley from Australia. Ashley moved to Canada from Sydney in 2016 after being offered a job she couldn't refuse, turning it around and moving her entire life across the world in just a matter of months. Now, she has since moved to Vancouver and is looking to become a Canadian citizen. The first time it really dawned on me that I had two homes, I think I was leaving back to go to Australia, actually. And I had said someone had asked me, like, oh, when do you leave? Um, And I said, oh, I leave home, meaning Toronto. I leave my Toronto home to go to the airport. So I leave home tomorrow and I should land at home like a couple of days later. So once I said that, I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting feeling. Oh, okay, yeah, this is my home. (laughs) It didn't take long for Ashley and I to become really close as we would meet up to share our experiences as newcomers to Canada and generally rant about how different things were here compared to our home countries. Because of this, I knew that she was the best person to pick her brains on all things culture shock, her personal struggles with it, how to spot it and adjust so that you can use it as a perfect opportunity for personal development. She covers it all in this relatable and honest interview. Let's start the show. Ashley is here. Thanks for coming on the show. Hello. I'm super excited to be here. (laughs) Amazing. So Ashley and I know each other from when I first got to Canada. I started my very first job in Toronto. This was way before I realized how terrible the commute was into the city. So it didn't last long. She was the girl in the office that I instantly was stalking a little bit from the sidelines yeah. <laughs> with my friend <laughs> you know you always have that person that's like oh she seems so cool she's in the marketing team with her Aussie accent always such great energy um yeah I can't remember who initiated the friendship do you know who asked who out I, on the first date <laughs> no I honestly can't I feel like because you always used to walk past my desk and it was just like a good morning thing and then I can't even remember how it just happened we're like let's just go to my rooftop for like the view and I think that was it (laughs) she had the best apartment in Toronto there was just like the CN Tower was right there and I was freshly in Canada and I was thinking what an amazing like insta opportunity and that's not why I'm friends with you but (laughs) (laughs) well we don't live in like the same city anymore right now so you can't not just for my Instagram moment (laughs) No, but that's the good thing about, you know, finding another expat. That's the beauty in it, right? Because you, you both want to meet new people and you, you're both open to just being really nerdy with it. Like, hey, you seem cool. Like, want to go for a coffee sometime? Like, <laughs> Exactly. I feel like you're like other expats just because you automatically recognize that you're all in the same boat. So it's like 
this normal veil of society just falls and you're like, okay, well, I'm me and you're you and let's just like skip all the awkwardness and let's yeah. just be him. <laughs> yeah, so you do so many things that are just like you would normally do, which I love. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it definitely worked out because, yeah, we went on, we, we went up for the first coffee date or for drinks or something and then it was kind of love from there really um yeah so you'd already lived in Canada for I think just under a year at that point you'd had a bit of a head start so you'd already experienced the winter season and you knew your way around the city so Mm -hmm. yeah our friendship was really really useful to me because Ashley quickly turned into my expert confidant and my city tour guide because I don't know who I would have how I would have found myself around the city without you you were fantastic so whether you like it or not that's what you turned into so I'm so grateful I met you it was great to have someone who always want to explore and do cool things with um so yeah you were my wonder woman and thank you for being on the show thank you for having me and thank you for the friendship since then obviously it's been your time at the job that we worked at together was not long but at least our friendship was longer than that little stint in the city (laughs) yeah I mean how long has it been now it's been three years yeah that's crazy yeah okay so let's start as always with your country of origin so you are originally from Sydney Australia come from the land I am I am I am (laughs) so whereabouts in Sydney did you grow up um, I grew up in the northern beaches, so around for those of you who at least kind of have an idea of Sydney, I grew up near Manly um, or around those areas, um, but I also spent a lot of time growing up in uh, like Dremoyne, Five Dock area. I did go to school there as well, so um, yeah, I just spent a lot of time on the beach, a lot of time by the water. So coming to Canada was a bit different, uh, or at least coming to Toronto was a lot different in that regard. And I just remember <laughs> how in Australia it's considered cold, or, or at least I used to think that it was cold when it was below 20 degrees Celsius. And that oh, was when, you know, you put a rude awakening for you. It was a rude awakening. That was one of the things that I was like, oh, my God, am I even, like, up for moving to Canada? But it seemed like <laughs> an adventure because it was not just cold, it was extremely cold. So I thought that I'd be like, okay, yeah. So, no, I think, um, yeah, my favourite parts of Australia and, like, favourite part of where I grew up is, yeah, just lots of water, sunshine, like, very easygoing um kind of lifestyle and obviously all my fam- like family and friends are there so yeah I went to Sydney a couple years ago a few years ago now and yeah I just remember that as well it's such a laid-back vibe it's so nice getting drinks on the waterfront with the harbour bridge right there there's mm-hmm. the most amazing views you guys get whales coming through there too right yeah 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 oh. I remember being at a bar in Manly and um it looked out so in Manly it's kind of like the um the bars and then the roads and the beach and then the water and we would look out into the water and there were just like whales and dolphins that we could see from the bars as well which is very very cool it's just a dream down there so what's the best thing you recommend uh doing for someone that's visiting there someone turns up in sydney what do you what is the first recommendation uh beaches obviously (laughs) there's so many to choose from right there's so many i remember being there and thinking oh my god how many beaches can one city have it's amazing (laughs) yeah i definitely love i have a soft spot for manly there's this ongoing sydney battle between bondi and manly i can guarantee that manly is better there are people (laughs) who will like shame me for that but it is true manly is just 
don't know, it's more laid back. It, there's just more bars and more pedestrian walkways and there's more trees and things like that. So I just love it. And you can get the ferry across to the city and uh, and stuff. And then I'd also recommend trying to find some smaller beaches because there are so many like hidden beaches that you just walk through a bit of bush and then get to it and it's like pretty secluded. So if you can find those, that's definitely recommended. And you obviously just swam all year round pretty much or is it still a little bit too cold to swim in the winter? I think it's still a bit too, well, again, for an Australian, it's too cold. Um, From <laughs> anyone else coming from anywhere, it might be warm to them. But again, yeah, it's probably just like any Ontario lake. Everyone's like, what do you mean? This is perfect swimming temperature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Australians are like, no, but elsewhere, I think it would be <laughs> okay. You can definitely go to the beach year round though. Like we used to just walk along the beach and grab a coffee um, with friends and stuff in the winter. So it's totally fine. You put like some jeans on or like some tights and like a hoodie and that's fine. Oh, so you didn't even own a coat or? <laughs> no, I barely even had enclosed shoes. I think like my version of enclosed <laughs> shoes were like sneakers. And yeah, I, I can't, re- I remember going to vote one winter and because voting is actually compulsory in Australia. And I was in jeans a light sweater, and this is middle of winter, jeans, mm-hmm. a light sweater, and flip-flops, and nice. <laughs> it was totally fine. So you can definitely do a lot of things year-round. I think the other thing I would recommend that people should do when you go to Sydney, apart from the beaches, go to the Opera House. Uh, that's a bit touristy, but go to Opera Bar, and you get the best views. of Like you can Ooh. grab a jug of drink, and or they do really good pizza from memory. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and it's uninterrupted views of um, the harbour and the city and, like, you can see the water there and, uh, yeah, it's, like, amazing. I still like going there even as a um, as a local. It's pretty busy but it's, like, really, really nice. They also have, like, live bands and things like that occasionally. Oh, yes, that's my favourite. I love this inside info. This podcast is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, amazing. So tell me about the stereotype of Australia where everything wants to kill you. Is that the case? It is so not true. Like I just sharks in the water and spiders everywhere and snakes <laughs> yeah. are just gonna jump out at you. <laughs> I think like when you go out further into the country you see stuff, but like being in the city and Mind you, like we were like a, we're manly. It's like a twenty minute drive to the city, thirty minute drive for like where we are, or you can get the ferry across. But like you really don't see like poisonous spiders or snakes or like anything. Well, you're alive, and how old are you? So you made it this far. It can't be that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like three decades on, I survived. It's fine. <laughs> and um, I think honestly, there's this meme online, and it's the funniest thing. It's um. Everyone thinks Australians are scared of this and they've got like snakes and spiders and everything. And then in reality, Australians are scared of, and it's these birds called magpies. I don't know if you experienced it when you were there, but they were like, there's a certain time of the year when it must be when they mate or they have their, their young or whatever, but they are so aggressive and they like, dive bomb you and there are certain streets that you know that you can't walk down so that's more terrifying (laughs) and they're fine like they're like the gangsters of sydney (laughs) 
<laughs> no, literally, like for a few weeks. And you all and people are like, how do you know? It's like, well, you walk down one week and then like they'll you get dive bombed and then you just don't go back for a week. That sounds terrifying. I'm pretty sure it's in that horror movie where the birds attack. That's probably where it was based off from. <laughs> yeah, probably. So don't worry about like spiders or snakes or anything. The ones that you generally do see, they look big and scary, but they don't do anything. So it's fine. Yeah, you'll be fine in this city. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Awesome. So yeah, living abroad. So you're obviously in Canada. So you started living in Toronto and now you're living in Vancouver. So she's our inside girl for both of those big cities. So you can give us a couple of inside information from both of them later on. Um, but yeah, let's start off with the why behind why you're here. I mean, so living abroad was, was always a dream of yours. Uh, when did that initially start? I don't know where it initially began. Like I think just because my we always traveled when I was growing up and, um, it, you know, I just always had these beautiful visions or like beautiful photos that I'd look at and like loved traveling. I always was such an avid reader as well. So just the idea mm-hmm. of going to like unknown or new places. So I think it was just something that was always in me. And yeah, I just always wanted to, like, I, I've always loved traveling, but the living abroad thing was definitely this, like, bucket list type thing that I always wanted. Uh, but I think it was, I thought I was going to do it in university and I was going to go on an exchange, but it just never ended up happening. And then after university, I was like, well, I don't have the security blanket of, you know, a, a course or anything like that. So I just never did it. And so it was kind of a little bit of fear-based um, thing that I didn't do it after that. But then when I I came to visit friends, this is in like early 2016, I did a two-week trip to visit friends in New York, Montreal and Toronto. And I ended up uh, meeting up with an old general manager of mine. He had actually moved to Canada from Australia as well because his wife's family was Canadian. So I met up with him for a drink and, you know, we're just catching up on careers or whatever. And he's like, how do you like Toronto? And I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like I've got a couple of friends here. It seems like a cool city. Meanwhile, this was only after I lived, like was in the city for like four days. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's a cool city. As a tourist. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. And then he was like, oh, would you like um, a job here? And I was like, uh, I hadn't thought about that, but it's a cool idea. And um, so when we worked with each other in Australia, we're working on um, an expansion project across the Asia Pacific region. And he, when he came to Canada, he had found a company who wanted to do something similar. So that was why he was like, well, you've got exactly this, the right know-how to do it here. So I was like, okay, crap, um, that's a decision. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you must have impressed him. He's just, well, I mean, you obviously know the company and you know everything that needs to be done. So he, you're saving a lot of work for him. But then for him to kind of put a limb out and say, hey, actually, I will vouch for you and bring you over and, and you know, endorse you or whatever. That's that's really great. You must have impressed Yeah, him. well, that's the other thing too. It was not only like it was exciting, but then when it kind of sunk in, I'm like, oh, that's not just like, you know, I'm going no to a new one. Yeah, no, exactly. It's not like you were just going into a new job. It was also like, oh, crap, I'm moving country. I hope this goes well. So then, yeah, that was at the end of May 2016, early June 2016. And then 
I was like, crap, well, if I want this job, I've got to get a move on. So then I applied for the work experience um, under, it's called, what is it called? Well, you did the same thing. It's International Experience. International Experience Canada, yeah. Yeah, so we both did that. Um, and then literally by August, I moved. So yeah. it was a very quick turnaround time. Um, wow. And then it was only supposed to be like two years because the uh, that work visa is a two-year visa. Um, so, yeah, this is me being like, yeah, it's only going to be two years. It's fine. I'll be back. Meanwhile, four years later, I'm a permanent <laughs> yeah, resident and I'm about to apply for citizenship. So, yeah, that was <laughs> that was quite funny. So Canada sunk its teeth into you then. You were impressed as soon as you got here and you've stayed long term. So, yeah, you've actually met a Canadian now too, like me. So I have. that always <laughs> happens. They always get you. And then, yeah, that's it really. <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, but it's been like a great journey. And um, as Kate mentioned, I I went to, I moved to Vancouver about a year ago now. So I'd spent three years in Toronto and then the past year has been in Vancouver just for something a bit different. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I've done a lot of travel across Canada, actually. It's so funny. So many Canadians, like you've done way more travel in Canada than we have. But I think that's like a thing of any like any tourist or any non-native you're like you do so much more travel of the actual yes. country than they do so <laughs> that's what people always used to say to us because me and Ashley would be like oh let's go dog sledding like husky sledding in the forest and we were <laughs> yes. we put all of our snow gear on and we were like going to Halliburton Forest in Ontario and all these dogs were dragging us our sleds through the forest and it was so amazing and then every Canadian we were talking to about it they were like what are you talking about like I've never done this <laughs> <Yes>. like <laughs> And all these activities, we would think like, this is such a u- amazing Canadian experience. It's like, no, we're just, we always throw ourselves into everything to try and, yeah, that's funny. So tell me about Toronto versus Vancouver. I feel like that's a really interesting question because I've only been to Vancouver as, you know, a, a trip. So what's it like to live there compared to Toronto? Because a lot of people that consider moving to Canada, they're really, you know, all destinations are open that they could literally go anywhere. So it's I can't even imagine that because my destination was chosen for me. So imagine mm. coming to Canada and being like, actually, where can we live? We could live anywhere. So where do you start? So, yeah, that would be useful. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mine was somewhat chosen because of the job that I was going to in Toronto. But after I'd left that job, I could kind of go anyway. I didn't move immediately. Mm. I loved Toronto for what it was. It's quite different to Australia because it's more city based and high rise and and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I've heard a comparison between New York and Toronto. Not that they're the same by any means, but if you wanted to try and compare it to that, like maybe it would be more like that. And I think Vancouver is more, uh, Vancouver is definitely more um, like laid back and a bit more of a, like an Australia vibe um, in that regard. So it's kind of similar to the States then maybe. So Toronto is the same as New York and then Vancouver is the same as LA, kind of that laid back attitude. That's funny. Yeah, it's so weird that it's like the East versus West kind of mentality. And I've even mm. seen shirts like uh, West is best and things ah. like that. So, <laughs> And it's, no, it's just like super funny that um, how different the cities can be and how unique they are. So I think like to answer your question, like you, where do you even begin? If it's not chosen for you, like for work or um, like for a relationship or whatever it is, I think just like look at 
Well, the weather is one thing you should definitely look at because Vancouver doesn't get nearly as cold as that's very um, true. Toronto. So I'd look at the weather and also like Vancouver, you can drive like an hour into like the snowfield. So if you still want snow, it's still got it. Um, I'd also look at the type of profession that you're doing. So for me, um, marketing is, it is actually better for jobs um, out east because a lot of head offices, I'm lucky that I've I found a Vancouver-based um, company to work for and quite often sometimes they'll have multiple offices. But if your profession is something like financial services or like the bitter, bigger head offices, then definitely out east you'll probably find more opportunities Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just like looking at in terms of like, do you like it more of a city lifestyle? Do you like more of a laid back or like beachy nature based lifestyle? That's another thing. Uh, like for example, I love Montreal and I love, um, like PEI and Nova Scotia and everything as like those areas as well. And they're beautiful in summer, but a lot of the times they'll shut down uh once the summer ends and kids go back to school so there's not as much to do and it's quite cold so therefore you need a car whereas I didn't want to buy a car um I lived right in the city and I wanted to walk everywhere or catch public transport so that's the other thing do you want to not drive do you want to drive so many questions (laughs) yeah that's the thing and like I you know anywhere that you go I think you're gonna it's gonna be different and you're gonna love some things and you're gonna hate some things um but overall like Canada is so beautiful and you're gonna be able to find a city that you love regardless of which one you choose yeah I don't think you can go too wrong right I think so Ontario I would say is is pretty is very much more flat than British Columbia so you know you're looking at more forests and lakes and that kind Mm -hmm. of landscape whereas if you go more to the west coast it's like you have the mountains and skiing and you know, more hikes up to, you know, waterfalls and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're just very different landscapes too. But, yeah, lots of research to do. I can't even imagine. It's almost good that my decision was made for me. <laughs> yeah. So, culture shock. We're going to have a chat about culture shock because this is definitely the topic that I feel like we always gravitate towards when we get together. I always, mm-hmm. I mentioned you in a couple episodes now where you're my go-to expat to kind of, not rant, but rant pretty much, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you need somebody to just kind of rant about the struggles that you're having when you've moved abroad and it can get really overwhelming. So it's so nice to have somebody that, you know, totally gets what you're going through. And yeah, culture shock is definitely something that me and Ash always chatted about because we both experienced it. And it's so funny because you're from Australia, I'm from England we moved to Canada. These are all Commonwealth countries, you know, from looking on the outside, everyone eats the same food, watches the same movies. We all speak English. You know, what is the problem? You know, you don't think that it's going to be as big of a shock as it was for both of us, I think. So, yeah. And I think as well, like it's sometimes when you come from a completely different culture and background and everything, sometimes it's almost easier to see the differences because they're more visual you like you know that the food is different you know the language is different so it's almost like more in your face whereas I find that the real struggle with culture shock is the things that you don't necessarily see it's it's not the food is different it's not the language is different it's the 
the little interactions that you have and it's it's stuff that you don't expect because as you said like we you think that oh well we're commonwealth countries we speak english we're all kind of from the same background like it's going to be the same but it's really not and i think it's so difficult to to find those little things and that i think for me was the struggle anyway because you don't actually you can't put a, your finger on it you don't know until it's kind of happening yeah, they can be so subtle as well. And then there's that weird guilt that you get where it's like, oh, I have it so much easier compared to other people. You know, I should be, why am I feeling, you know, so frustrated with this custom that they're doing? Or I'm so frustrated with the way that they do this. Or so what would you say is the biggest, the, the biggest culture shock that you, that you found? Mm, I think for me, it, I think that for me, it was at work actually. So in Australia, don't get me wrong, like Australians work hard and like I remember working there and it was, you know, you, you don't just walk in at nine and leave at five. Like you will constantly be on and you like your team members will always want to do more, but it's almost like this work hard, play hard kind of mentality. And a lot of uh, managers and workplaces, like if you put in the time and you do your work, then we'll be flexible. So for me, I remember um, being at work and to me, you know, I, I'll do extra work and I'll if I wanted to do a weekend away, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm working extra time during the week and I'm doing overtime to accommodate me leaving a couple of hours early on a Friday. So to me, that that's just how I've always, that's just what happens. And I just remember... Um, going into like my manager or emailing her or something like hey fyi i'm i'm working extra late on these days and through lunch or whatever because i'm leaving on friday and her response is kind of like (laughs) oh okay and it was more and like looking back it was hilarious because it must have been like why is this person not like working and I was I was just telling her in her mind but (laughs) right you do you you yeah you're putting the demands in but it was almost like shock from her like oh uh, okay you're telling me I can't do anything about it (laughs) but um and so many people who I've spoken to afterwards have been like well you know it's not really a thing here like it's not as flexible as Mm. um as Australia or other countries, I'm doing the work. I'm doing everything that I need to do. I'm still fulfilling what I need, but it's just not your timeline. So it, that mm. was a really big thing for me. And just in terms of the other thing at work, communicating. So I don't want to say that I'm blunt or anything like that, but I think I was coming across as blunt. I literally have this written down in my notes. I was like, Aussie bluntness. Like, ask Ashley about Aussie yeah, bluntness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's not even, like, I would call it blunt here, but it's not blunt in Australia. So in Australia, no. you just say you say what you mean. It, it doesn't mean that you mean it negatively. So if I'm in a meeting at work or if I'm in a situation and I don't agree with something or I have a different viewpoint or you know, I want to raise something, I will. And Mm. that's just the culture in Australia. It's very, you know, we want to be very equal. I think it came from, I read somewhere that it came from the fact that um, when England, they sent all of their convicts to Australia to, and like as prisoners because they needed extra space for their prisoners. Thanks, Kate. Ooh, it's going to get awkward, is it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they, um, it, became everyone was equal so they're all prisoners they're all like they all mm-hmm. started at the same social standing and I read somewhere that that was the theory behind 
Australia's equality and not having like too much of a hierarchy where again whether or not I haven't like that needs to be verified so for me like when I came to Canada and I was in work like a lot of the things that I was saying were normal to me and I didn't again I didn't think anything of it because to me it's honesty and it's putting input in to make things better so I'm not thinking of it as a negative thing and again it's this these things that you don't necessarily think of as bad because you're like well if this is honesty, it's not bad. Honesty is great. Yeah. And that's all you've ever known. That's how you've grown up your entire life with everyone around you behaving that way. So yeah, it's just, that's a perfect example of just dropping yourself into a completely different culture where, you know, you get people's backs up. These are people, you know, the Canadians are famous for being so polite. They, you know, they don't necessarily say what they mean sometimes because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. They're so kind. So yeah, I remember um, in one of my, um, uh, frustration phases because like you probably know this too there are multiple phases of culture shock the beginning part is the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. and then once the honeymoon phase disappears it's like that frustration phase or like it starts to sink in and you start getting like you know those moments of like what the hell is going on or like you're getting frustrated <laughs> or sad and it was definitely one of those moments I'm like I don't understand like what is happening and it's not like they were giving me direct feedback so I think it was like a bit of culture shock on their part too because like we don't know how to handle communicating so like I my master's degree is actually in communication and I was picking up on all these like little subtleties of things and it felt quite awkward and disconnected and I was it took me a while to really figure it out because again like you're living and breathing it you don't necessarily you're not thinking that you're doing anything bad you're not thinking that they're doing anything bad and you're trying to get to the bottom of it and you're like why am I getting this kind of this feeling from it it's not it's not quantifiable it's like just the feeling so mm-hmm. it's that whole feeling of um unfamiliarity you know you're kind of disoriented and you can get quite anxious by it it's it's that whole unfamiliarity which then leads to homesickness and oh mm-hmm. it's just it can snowball really easily so yeah to get on top of it that master's degree must have been real handy I'm jealous of that one but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was difficult in the sense that Again, I'm more of the type of person that you just say what you mean. Again, even at work, it's not personal. It's not anything. It's just feedback. So when the culture is the opposite and they tend to like not want to raise things or hurt people or anything like that, which I totally respect now as Mm -hmm. well. I remember in that frustration phase being like, I had a breakdown. I'm like, they're just passive aggressive. They just don't say what they mean. And, you know, and it's like, it's so easy to get frustrated because, you know, in that phase, you're like, you're comparing it because that's the only thing you know how to do. Yes. You compare it to your experience and what you think is right. Because again, I'm just thinking of it as, oh, I like honesty. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's not honesty. It's like, it's, you can still have that honesty without saying it in a certain way. And it, that's, the, that's the, the hard part or that's the interesting part that you can still get the same outcome it's just a different way of doing it so that was a really big learning curve so those types of things like just vacation time and flexible work hours and the way that we communicate things that was probably like my biggest culture shock moment probably for my colleagues as well you didn't care so much but like (laughs) email like what on earth is like whirlwind of a girl telling everybody what we're actually thinking but not saying it was quite funny I feel like British people are 
are quite similar too. you know that we're famous for kind of that dry humor that you know that sarcasm and I feel like I say so many sarcastic things that people take yeah. so literally you know I'll be like oh yeah of course I'm definitely gonna go and spend fifty thousand dollars on that car today and they're gonna be like really like you, you're gonna do that like yeah. they just take everything so literally and I'm like no no I'm obviously kidding like it's it's so funny sometimes you almost have a language barrier even though yeah I had actually it's so funny you mentioned sarcasm because I've got the same thing too and some people uh, I, I still to this day sometimes get this like with more than new people that I meet but they're like, I can't tell. Are you kidding? And I'm like, of course I'm kidding. <laughs> so obvious to us. And we joke about it, but it's so funny that even now there are certain things, and it, this is after living here for four years, that it's still a cultural difference. And I'm like, to me, of course, of course it's a joke. But it, like to them, it, it's not, of course, it's just a different way of communicating, a different type of humor. So <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah. So you mentioned, obviously, that you struggled with that culture shock initially and then you rode that roller coaster through you know Mm. to the impatience and the frustration and then ultimately obviously it's it's obvious now that you've you've accepted it you know how to deal with it so what do you recommend um to people that are going to be experiencing culture shock or are currently experiencing culture shock what's the biggest thing that's really clicked in your head uh how to deal with that I think And this is, you know, hindsight is amazing. (laughs) You've got 2020 vision hindsight. I I think I briefly mentioned it, but those certain feelings of when things just don't make sense and they don't feel right, but they have, like, it just feels weird and you don't have a good reason. You just kind of feel like something's not right or it doesn't sit with you or someone has responded to you in a weird way. And it just kind of is quite disconnected and you you find yourself feeling a bit uncomfortable. They're the moments that you should probably check in with yourself and be like, okay, that felt a bit weird. Let's just like revise that situation or like go back over it and see like every step of the way. It could be nothing, but it could also be something in the, the communication lines or, and it could even be like, you know, you see a sign or something that makes you feel uncomfortable. And you're like, why did that make me feel uncomfortable? So I think it's mm. constantly checking in with yourself at those little moments um, and reflecting on those. I think um, once I figured that out and I started realizing those things, that helped me a lot. I think as well, the other thing, just even being aware of culture shock and being aware of the experience. Yeah, that's a huge first step even just to know what it is and to expect it because it will happen and we're living proof. You know, even if you think you're going to have an easy ride, it's still going to come for you. So yeah, and that's the thing, like with culture shock, it's so normal. But I think so many people, like the problem is when you come in and there's like the honeymoon phase, you kind of like, oh, I bypassed that. I'm good. Yes, it tricks you. Yeah, and it's after that. So it's normal and everyone experiences it. But you can, I think the other thing is to realize that you experience it in different ways. So some people, you know, you see they're like homesick and they're not understanding and it's all tears, whereas other people it's more of an anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. So I think the other thing is understanding the types, like how it manifests itself as well. So, you know, if you think that culture shock is just kind of like homesickness, it may not be that. It may be Mm. you're frustrated at the stupidest things, like you're frustrated um, at the transit system or you're frustrated (laughs) with how things are done at work. So 
or it could just be you know you're not it could manifest itself in you know you're suddenly like super tired all the time because you're overwhelmed with everything so right I think- it's just that constant comparison I think it comes down to ultimately in my like that's what I always did I just always compared everything all the time you know oh if I was in England then they would never have done that mm. to me and if I was in England then this train would have come here by now it just gets ridiculous you know what you know you've chosen yeah. to live in Canada so it's almost like that you know you're going to have to constantly shift your way of interacting with people accepting the way that things are you know releasing any expectations of you know what you thought it would be like you know take it for what it is it's you know to be just be more present and and actually enjoy your decision rather than just wasting time comparing yeah Yeah. I think there's this fantastic quote that I love and it's comparison is the thief of happiness (gasps) and yes yeah, and it, but it goes for everything in life, like definitely culture shock and like you can ca- easily compare your own country to the country that you're currently living in. But it's, you know, you can't compare because and everything is different. And I think once you accept that and you realize that and you remind yourself of it, then, you know, it, then you start to be like, okay, I'm going to accept where I am, not where I was not what used to be done. And the other beauty of that is once you finally do open yourself up to that and you start realizing it and you start to learn those lessons and overcome those hurdles, there could be better ways of doing things or you could mix it. And, you know, like I've, I know that I've changed in the way that I communicate for the better, not to say that I've like disregarded who I was in Australia, but just certain ways that I communicate and certain ways of doing things. It's, you know, it's definitely improved the way that I do things. Ah, that's great. To be to be more open to that too. You know, we can be so stubborn in the way that we're brought up and mm-hmm. we think that that's the right way to do it and this is really annoying that it's not the right way. Um, but it's, you know, allowing yourself to change for the better. That's the whole point. You've moved abroad to develop yourself and to, you know, figure out more about yourself and accept the adventure and, yeah, to be more open to that as well. Yeah, and I think as well, like, you like you've just got to realize that it's not that you're giving up on who you were or what it was or like where you came from. It's like that everything is beautiful and that everything, and once you get over that and you start just living it in the present moment rather than comparing it, then that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. So now we've talked about culture shock. I think it's really important to quickly touch on the reverse culture shock. So some mm-hmm. people might not know what this is. I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know there was a term for it until I started to feel it. And then I think I was speaking to you about it or another expat. And it's when the previously familiar has become unfamiliar. So when you head back home to your native country after you've been away for a while, it can be the strangest feeling of culture shock in your own home country. So I definitely experienced this. It's where you're kind of, same. you don't really feel like you belong anywhere. You're in this weird middle ground now because like, I'm so English here when I speak, everyone's like, oh, hello, yes, tea and crumpets. But then I go home <laughs> and people make fun of me and my Canadian twang and like the Canadian words that I say. So it's, you can't really win anywhere. And I think that's where it hit me most with the accent and the words. Um, obviously it's going to hit people in, in so many many different ways but did you have experience with reverse culture shock when you when did you first go back to Australia 
A hundred percent. I had it. The reason why I went home, um, it was for Christmas and because I didn't have any family in Canada and mm. it was, it was going to be a good test to see if I actually really liked living in Canada as well. And to be honest, I was still in like the, the honeymoon phase. I was, oh, I was maybe coming off the honeymoon phase. So I was actually pretty excited to go back home and see everyone. It was when Toronto was getting or going into winter because mm-hmm. Australia is the reverse. So I was also pretty excited to go back to summer and get some sun and um, see family and friends because I hadn't seen them for, you know, almost half a year. And I found that the reverse culture shock was like, it was real because I had landed and I was still super excited to tell them all about my Canadian life and people were like interested in it. But it was, it was weird because it felt like life hadn't actually changed too much. Like this, we went to the same places that we always went to. I was seeing the same friends. It was, it was like nothing had changed, but it also felt like everything had changed. It was like yeah, so true. It's like life has continued without you, and it's the weirdest feeling that life has continued, but it's still the same. So you've been gone for four months, but you have you even yeah. missed anything? It's so confusing. And you're so true, like in saying that you don't feel like you belong anywhere. Like mm. you, you feel like, you know, you've started building up this life somewhere else. But yeah, I didn't feel like I belonged in Australia. I didn't feel like I belonged in Canada. I was kind of questioning like, Uh, different friendships and relationships not that they were bad or anything like that it was more just because I had grown I find that when you move countries or when you have a big experience like that you grow exponentially like a Mm. lot faster so it was just trying to figure out like where I was in relation to them and like relation to the world around me and it was just yeah that probably threw me more than the culture shock to be yeah, honest because you almost do expect some level of you know shock because you you know you're going somewhere new and you know it's going to be a huge change mm-hmm. you never in a million years think that it's going to be a shock to go back home no because that's just that's the constant that's the standard that's the thing in your life that has always been there and and you've probably spent the last five months looking forward to it thinking oh I can't wait to go home yeah. and feel more familiar and feel more at home and feel more settled like I belong there and then you go home and then it doesn't feel like that anymore as well so and that's the thing like culture shock itself you it's more like the the change or the uncertainty and you know you're having to deal with that but yeah you don't think about uncertainty when you go home home is home and like that's your country that you know everything you know the spots to go to you know the food you know your family you know your friend like you know all of that so you don't that was more unexpected because, again, like even though there are certain unexpected things with culture shock that we mentioned earlier, you don't expect it as much as it does happen with reverse culture shock. It's like I feel like Canada is my home, but I also feel like Australia is my home now. So it doesn't feel – whereas before when I was still going through culture shock, I just felt displaced everywhere. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't belong anywhere. Yeah, that's a beautiful moment when you realise that you actually have two homes. That I remember to the day when that sunk in for me. And yeah. I just feel so lucky to to have roots in more than one place. I think it's a it's a horrible time of struggle in some ways that you have to go through to get here. But once you're here, it's it's actually such a beautiful moment. You're thinking, I'm actually a wonderful mixed breed. I don't really fit anywhere, yeah, yeah. which is actually awesome. Who cares? I'm lucky enough I can have two homes now. And, you know, I'm actually due to go to England tomorrow. And um, 
yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it, but I'm also really sad because I'm going to miss my home here and, you know, everything that I have here. So, so it's funny. So funny. Yeah. And I, I remember when the first time it really dawned on me that I had two homes, I think I was leaving back to go to Australia actually. And I had said some, someone had asked me like, oh, when do you leave? Um, and I said, oh, I leave home, meaning Toron- mm. I leave my Toronto home to go to the airport. So I leave home tomorrow and I should land at home like a couple of days later. So <laughs> once I said that, I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting feeling. We made it. We crossed the finish line. Yeah, it was one of those pivotal moments that it kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah, and I'm so happy you're here and you helped me through it. And I'm sure we helped each other through it. And Yeah, you just almost – it just – immediately removes the barrier and it just makes it more acceptable to talk about these things at an in-depth level that it just opens yourself up so that's the beauty of it that's definitely really important to talk about it for sure and I think it's getting better I can only imagine you know decades ago when people were coming here and you know there was no internet to keep in touch with loved ones and I can't even imagine so yeah today it's so much easier to get the support you know things like this podcast and and you know all these blogs you can read it's it's yeah it's definitely a lot easier now to kind of understand your emotions it can be so confusing you almost need a psychology degree to just understand what you're going through Mm -hmm. as someone that's moved here so and you mentioned like at the beginning too that like we used to rant with each other I don't even want to say rant because it's kind of got that negative connotation (laughs) to it but it's it's like that talking of like yeah, I feel that too. Or, oh, no, that yes. really doesn't make sense. And it's like talking through it and making it real and like making it heard. At least someone recognizes it so you don't feel crazy and you're getting it out and you're working through it. I think that's the other thing. It's totally fine to feel all these things, but then you've got to like work through it if you want to have a happier life, let alone like a happier existence in whatever country you've moved to. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I knew she would be a valuable guest and she didn't disappoint. So always my expat therapist. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to see where this podcast goes and tune into everybody's stories because that's the other beauty of expat life. Like we all share one thing that we have in common but there are so many different interpretations and stories and Mm -hmm. things behind it so I'm super excited to tune into all the other all the other episodes and hear everybody else's because that's that's the beautiful thing like you know human stories and human connection and how we process things so thank you and good job thank you so so much for listening As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week.